Welcome to the Mission of Truth podcast, where Super Bowl champions Nick Foles and Chris Maragos dive deep into the trials and victories that are behind all of the lights. Here's your hosts, Nick Foles and Chris Maragos. This episode was recorded June 5th, 2020 with Tim Owens, a 20-year Marine Corps veteran and current player engagement manager for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tim, thanks for being on the show, man. Thanks for having me, brother. No, it's man, uh, fired up for you, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, I was uh, just a little bit about Tim and I in Jacksonville. Um, last season in Jacksonville was really Tim and I's first. It was Tim's first and my first. He had been there a little while longer than I had. And, uh, I mean, obviously a, a bunch of trials for me personally um, from the moment I got there. And Tim became a great friend throughout it. Um, he would – so the player engagement basically does everything. All the players are in there with any issues, and him and MP or Marcus Pollard would uh, help in any way possible, whether it's helping people find a place to live, helping people find babysitters, helping people with their cars that are messed up, anything you can think of, that's what they do. And on top of that, he uh, when we first started training camp, I would say his hands – um, where dude's a great basketball player, but his hands were suspect catching the football. DB, so man, DB, come on, DB. But hold on, his, his nickname was Sunscreen. <laughs> but I'll tell you this I mean, he would grind in his work ethic and the way he trained. I mean, the dude's a beast working out, but like the every day, no, and no gloves, no gloves. Um, by the end of training camp would not drop any passes. And I'd say for the rest of the year, hardly ever did we see him drop a pass if ever. Um, but it was a way, you know, throughout the year we bonded. Um, we became really close, spent a lot of time together. And um, obviously he served our country uh, for 20 years and is a special human being. So really just want to give him a, a proper introduction. Just thank him for joining us. And Nick, man, I'll say this too, man. Also, Anybody who only kept, drops one pass, man, that you bond real quick with as a quarterback. So, oh I mean. man, hey, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, you you drop one, I'm gonna be good. You keep dropping multiple, but no, nah, he... Chris, it was bad in the beginning, bro. It was bad. <laughs> hey, look, man, it's never how you start, it's how you finish. So, hey, that's <laughs> no, he definitely he definitely finished strong. I, I was super proud of him. Uh, that's awesome, man. Tim, can you share with our listeners a little bit about? your upbringing and what it was like growing up in South Carolina. I, I know nothing about South Carolina at all. Uh, shed some light on that for us. Um, yes, sir. So I'm originally from Greenville, South Carolina. It's in the upper left-hand corner of the state. Um, it's right between Charlotte and Atlanta. So Highway 85 connects to three uh, with Greenville being in the middle. Um, from there, I was born and raised on the west side of Greenville. Um, it was little. It was low class on that side. I remember, you know, times of you know just walking out of my house and seeing beer bottles and syringe needles and uh, gangs on the corners and also you know drugs being dealt if not used uh, walking around the actual neighborhood. Um, but what we had in in the community was we had fellowship in most cases. Uh, the only time there was actually any violence is was someone that came from another part of the actual city itself. Um, but we had the community center there. Um, <laughs> they had bonded us all. That's why I learned how to play. I uh, pick up my first basketball and make my first regulation basket. Uh, 
uh, when I was seven years old and I fell in love with the game then, uh, back then. Uh, raised by my mother, she had me when she was 14. Um, father wasn't in the picture, uh, but my mother gave me hope because even having me at an early age, she showed me uh, resilience and adaptability because I knew there was times where she felt like she wanted to give up, but she never showed it. Um, that's one thing I actually took from her and I still take with me to this day. Um, my grandfather was my father figure. He's the one that taught me how to be a man. Um, he showed me how to uh, take responsibility, uh, not only uh, hone, in and hone in on it, but also uh, be strong in my faith at such an early age. And the first uh, Bible verses that he taught me was 1 Corinthians 16, 14, do everything in love. Um, I carry that with me to this day. And I, I can't talk about him enough as far as like how he um, set the foundation uh, to what my life is today. I know, I know how much you love your grandfather. Um, you've shared that with us so many times. Um, something that in talking about preparing for this, that surprised me was uh, there was something you found out about him that you didn't know for the longest time. And it was actually one of the reasons that you wanted to join the Marines was because he was a Marine and you had no idea. Can you just sort of share um, that about your grandfather? Cause uh, it's surprising that he would have never announced that, but I think that says a lot about him as a man. And then what caused you to join the Marines? Absolutely. Uh, and it goes back to a little bit of the first question as well. Um, growing up in Greenville, I saw a lot, you know, uh, nine years old, I saw uh, someone get killed right in front. Um, I was just walking down the street going to my cousin's house. Um, looked the killer right in the, right in the face because I was the only one that didn't run. He looked at me for about two seconds and he took off running. And then I uh, felt the arm grab around me and start, you know, getting behind cars. And it was my grandfather. Um, even times where I actually saw uh, you know, someone gets stabbed and get killed in front of me again at the age of 10. And then a couple of months later, uh, someone was shot in front of me again, um, you know, right around the corner from my grandparents' house. But my grandfather was always there and he always told me, he was like, stop putting yourself in the positions where you are the victim. You be, you be part of the change. Mm -hmm. And that's one, that speaks volume to who he, who he is. Who he is. Um, he was always taught me to feed the positive and weed out the negative. Um, he was tough on me, but he always told me that tough works, but love must come first. Yeah. And his principles, his ethos and his morals and everything it instilled in me has definitely left a mark on me. Um, he passed away in 97, January 31st, 1997, at approximately uh, 11 a.m. that day. And, you know, I was thought I could never be the same after that. But after he passed... You know, I started learning a little bit more about him and what he's done at, his, at a younger age and come to find out um, when we was doing the funeral arrangements that he was eligible for a military wedding. I mean, military wedding, military funeral, excuse me, uh, military funeral. And I was like, military? And I was like, yeah, your grandfather served in Vietnam as a United States Marine. I was like, wow, I didn't know that. But it, uh, when I found that out, I started to do some research on the Marine Corps. Because by then I was a uh, freshman in high school. Um, I did my research and it talks about, you know, the honor, courage, and commitment of uh, core values in the Marine Corps. Talked about the leadership traits and principles that I still live about to this day. Uh, talks about the camaraderie, the esprit de corps, what, what it means 
to uh, have brothers and sisters in arms. And by the time I graduated high school, I was sold. Uh, the recruiter didn't have to find me. I found him. Wow. Unbelievable. And so, Tim, you entered the Marines and obviously, gosh, man, I mean, what you've done for our country and the service that you've done, we're so appreciative of your sacrifices and, and everything you've done. And now you're working with an NFL team and you're in a leadership role there and you have the opportunity to lead men um, in that capacity. Um, can you share with us a little bit about the important things that you've learned leadership-wise while you were in the Marines that maybe you're carrying over today in this transition to the NFL? Absolutely. Um, it starts with uh, the leadership principles and the traits that we talked about. So leadership traits, you know, you have courage, endurance, the knowledge, uh, be decisive, be reliable, um, be decisive in my decisions, use good sound judgment. Um, as far as uh, those are important traits to me as far as it comes to leadership traits. The principles is leadership by example. Um, train, uh, train Marines as a team, keep Marines informed. And I think with all that involved with my faith um, of 1 Corinthians 16, 14, do everything with love, uh, allowed me to uh, imp impact change as far as like being that influential leader that you know, my mentors, even in the Marine Corps, has uh, helped me to excel to. And how are you influencing those leadership qualities too in those characters that, you know, on like a tangible basis? Yeah, so uh, that's a good question. So I was taught to be more, not less. Uh, deal with the uncertainty um, because as a leader, you are in position to make those tough, tough decisions um, through communication, uh, commitment, uh, caring, and also connecting because uh, more connection equals more commitment. Mm -hmm. So. I allowed myself, I spread myself thin on purpose yep. to, you know, uh, to take what is useful and discard what is not and make it my own uh, quote from uh, Bruce Lee uh, mm -hmm. that I always, that I love because, you know, there's different leadership styles. Everyone has a different leadership style, regardless of what you're doing in life. It could be military, it could be business, it could be football, it could be, you know, any sport uh, of that matter. But um, if you leave with that meaningful purpose um, and have the team, when you make decisions, have the team in mind, mm -hmm. you will have everyone else's best interest because they know that you, uh, you genuinely care for them. Absolutely. No, that's so true. And just being around Tim last year, I mean, uh, obviously there's great people within um, the Jaguars organization, but just being around Tim and seeing his love and the amount of energy he gave every single individual there, learning their names, um, every time he would see them, showing them this amazing, genuine energy and love. Uh, never was there a time when someone was in need and asked for help, did he not help them? Like he was always helping people. Um, and he, like he said, uh, building those relationships, it made it meaningful. It, it, it built a, you know, it, it creates a culture out of, out of love. And I got to see that firsthand. But he do, you do spread yourself thin. And, you know, that is one of, it's, it's not a flaw, but it is one of the things that are very difficult as a human being when you spread yourself so thin. The next question I'd have for you is, I personally have been around you and admire you and love you um, for who you are and what you do. But while you're spreading yourself thin by loving and serving, what are things that you do to make sure that you keep your tank 
um, full of energy. And I know there's times it depletes, um, but like, what will you do to reset when you realize that it's starting to get a little empty? Yeah, I am human. <laughs> yeah, you're, 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 you're somewhat human. You are pretty much Superman. I've seen some crazy stuff, so, but. Um, that takes me back to Romans 13, 8. That's another uh, Bible verse that me and my grandfather talked about a lot. And that is, owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to recite it by memory. So we talked about it a ton. But Romans 13, 8 is, you know, that's the reason. And that's that's why I get up every day. You know, because my, my wife asked me all the time. She was like, she was like, she was like, you're doing stuff for this person, you're doing stuff for this person, you're doing stuff for this person. And this was yesterday. And she was like, and then you come in the house and you're doing this. She was like, you're going to wear yourself out. I was like, no, I'll be fine. I was like, this is this is my passion. Yep. And then we talked about Romans thirteen. Huh. I'm like, this is my passion. I was like, this is my calling. I'm, I I unite to self, and my relationships matter most. No, that's so good, man. I think that uh, Chris and I have had another episode where we talked about marriage and you know spreading ourselves thin, and also there, there's things in the world where you want to serve and you want to help, and having those conversations with your wife to let her know that it's that passion and that love for others um, that you've talked about that gives you that energy that when your tank is starting to become empty, it gives you that supernatural uh, ability to fill it back up. Out of, and, it, and it's from love. It's from passion. It's from love. And I've seen that. And I think for listeners to realize like, that's why it's so important to serve and love one another because it gives you this extra energy uh, when it's coming from the right place. I mean, you're obviously quoting scripture and leaning on sc- scripture and leaning on the Lord. So um, that's a beautiful thing. And um, obviously we owe a great debt of gratitude for all the military mer- you know, men and women that serve in our country. What are the best ways that we can help uh, these former or even current service members uh, especially in the area of mental health, as I, you know, I don't think it gets talked about as enough. I, I know everybody's appreciative of what our service members um, are doing for us, but how can we come alongside those, um, you know, current and former members uh, when it comes to transitioning or the mental health aspect of, uh, you know, just the sacrifice that, that you all make for us? That's a great question, Chris. Um, for us as service members, we pour our hearts out to everything on a day-to-day that involves uh, serving our country. Um, from the moment we put on the uniform to the, you know, even when we take it off, we're still uh, service members of the United States. And we take tremendous pride in that. Um, by our trust and truth and encouragement, um, our focus uh, and unity is some of the things that, that comes to mind when I think about my brothers and sisters in arms. Um, but from a transition, um, from you know, a mental health standpoint to answer your question, um, we're making strides, uh, big strides about it because now it's more uh, talked about. Um, when I first joined the Marine Corps, it was not talked about uh, a lot. I can say that. Um, but now we're at the stage where we can comfortably go to someone and ask for help. Um, again, we're still making strides because, you know, uh, 
Vietnam War, we had a lot of uh, KIAs, uh, men and women killed in action. However, there's for the past, you know, 15 to my years, we've had more suicides than service members killed in action during the Vietnam era. And that's something to talk about. Um, to know that, you know, our service members know that they're not by themselves. And excuse me for getting emotional for this subject, but this this oh, means no. a lot because I love love each and every one of, you know, service members that served uh, past or present. Um, especially ones that gave the ultimate sacrifice. You know, this is the, you know, American dream that, you know, they risked their lives for and they want them to carry on and enjoy that because, you know, by serving and, you know, going on deployments and, you know, leaving our families, standing at harm's way, engaging an enemy and coming back home, it's tough for, you know, a lot of people. But raising that awareness gives us a chance to actually move forward in the right direction. So I definitely appreciate that question because that's something definitely uh, we can't talk enough about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, just know we all are, you know, so indebted to you all and we appreciate um, all the sacrifices you made for us in this country. I mean, it's, we feel grateful to be in the country that we are and, and for you all to, to carry that weight as service men and women to, to, to do that and, and to, uh, sacrifice in those ways. We, we really appreciate that. I guess the other question I'd have kind of just on, on that aspect, you know, you're, you're a man of color and you're a service member, former service member. What do you feel, you know, as a, as a man in our culture, you know, serving our country, everything that's happening with the unfortunate circumstances with George Floyd and, and all the race uh, inequalities and the differences uh, that we have. How do you feel about our country being a service man that has served and the state of where we are as, as a country as a whole? Um, that's another good question. I thought that originally, I thought that there was gonna be a divide, but what I'm seeing is unity. Um, and what I mean by that, you see uh, the peaceful, you know, protest and everyone speaking out and it's from all different, you know, backgrounds and uh, religions and, you know, uh, upbringings. So it's good to see um, that aspect for it because they know that we're not, you know, just, uh, there's no distortion because, you know, fear is a liar, but it doesn't seem no one is fearful of stating their opinion. And from the most, most of the you know, messages and things and you know, I talked about and um, with fellow service members and also uh, my friends is about, you know, the unity and how, you know, we're not going to let this divide us, but we're on the side of right. Um, that's all I care about. So if there's a peaceful protest where no one's get harmed or anything like that, I'm all for it. Um, and that speaks unity because you can't retaliate violence from a violent act. So we can't, we, we can't send that message of responding with violence from a violent act. Um, if we can do that peacefully, uh, I think we're spent sending a good message. Uh, we did that today uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars organization where we did a peaceful march down to the police station and the police uh, actually you know, blocked the roads off for us to walk and they even spoke to us before we even began and said they support everything that we're doing. Those are the peaceful, uh, peaceful protests that we actually have going on right now that's actually you know uh, 
gaining a lot of attention. They've already aired it on Sports Center, so hopefully, you know, a lot of people can follow suit. They know that we can protest and not um, fall into violent acts, but make it a again meaningful purpose without any negative division. No, there's definitely been um, a lot of really good conversations. And um, like you said today, or uh, just a moment ago, the peaceful protest or a peaceful walk in Jacksonville. And I know, you know, our friend Chris Conley um, spoke, as did other people. And I think that, you know, the conversations have been powerful. Um, you know, with the Bears organization, uh, we had a Zoom call for two hours to speak on the topic and let guys pour out their hearts and what they've dealt with throughout their lives um, as black men and what that looks like. Emmanuel Acho, who's a great friend of ours, um, recently started a little series called uh, Uncomfortable Questions with a Black Man. And it was it's really just, you know, talking to Acho about educating um, white men and women about what uh, – Black, and black individuals go through on a day-to-day -day basis that they don't realize. And I think that the conversations are, are powerful. I think, you know, actions need to follow. Um, tangible actions that'll be powerful, um, you know, but right now there's a lot of powerful conversations happening. And, you know, shoot, I mean, someone like yourself who served, um, who has such an amazing voice, such an amazing heart, will make such an impact. And, you know, I know this is a tough one to transition from, but I want to get to this point too, because you served in the Marines for 20 years. And you, that was your life. I mean, that was something that, you know, coming out of that is not going to be easy. How did you as a human being transition from your time in the Marines and how did your faith help you along that journey? Like, what did that look like for you? Yeah, it was um, – <clears throat> a lot of people look at my position now and thought that, you know, I had an easy transition. I didn't. Um, my last year in the Marine Corps was actually – actually, a year and a half, um, 2017, like July, I started going on interviews because I knew I was going to, you know, uh, transition. And that was my opportunity to transition transition into sports and, and affect positive change like I'm doing now. But during the interview process, it was it was rough. Um, I interviewed for, um, I want to say, seven interviews, and they were all professional teams. And um, they hired all all of them hired internal, <clears throat> which I totally understand because you have continuity uh, within uh, for people you have relationships with. Um, I interviewed for after that, I interviewed for three other colleges, and still nothing. Um, and my wife looking at me, and she was like, uh, "Maybe it's time to." think about doing something else. And what I did is I went back to uh, my word, my faith in Christ. And I went to Ephesians 4.2, which is uh, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. So it's like, something's coming, something's coming. And then next thing you know, uh, this job opens up and I put in my resume. And then I had my interview with, uh, with Marcus Pollard and told him about my time that I had, my intern, intern time that I had with Detroit Lions. And he did his research and you know pretty much got uh, feedback if he didn't hire me, that they would. So that was very promising and awesome to hear. No, it was but good he did that too, man. He needed the help. It wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> easy. Yeah, my transition was not easy. Um, I can't speak, uh, I can actually speak for a lot of service members as well. Um, 
their transitions or uh, have been difficult as well. Um, most would, but most have gotten to a point where they will thrive and grow with their planet. So with their, whatever uh, pretty much job I feel special to that they're doing in the Marine Corps, they will get edumacated. I like to say educated. <laughs> They'll get educated within the craft to a point where they will be uh, a top commodity and an asset uh, leaving because their resume will have, you know, not only college degrees, but also the top certifications in the actual field that they get from the military for free. That's so awesome. it's gotten better. Wow, that's great. Yeah, man, you know, uh, I can't even imagine. I know I'm transitioning out of the NFL too. And, you know, I think the hard part is, is, you know, other people's jobs, you know, you're emotionally, you know, attached, you know, maybe because you work and you use your brain, but the physical aspect that you pour out for something. And I think there's a different type of attachment because you're not emotionally pouring out, but you're also physically pouring out for your job as well too. And, and sacrificing your body and different things. And, and I, I mean, all of your being you're giving um, to, to that profession or that service. And, and I think that's why it's so difficult because you, you can't compartmentalize different areas of a job to transition on. It's your whole being. It has to be your whole being uh, to be in it. So, um, you know, it's, uh, I know, it's, I know it's not easy at all. That's for sure. That's for sure. Well, but you, you learn to love it. I mean, um, my grandfather, when he's like pulling me along, it was times where I was like, <laughs> my grandpa, I can't do this. Yeah. And he was like, why are you putting limits on yourself? He's like, remember the talk that we had about the victim and the change? Yep. What are you going to be, the victim? That's going to fall to your current circumstance or you're going to be the change? Right. It's going to show that there's a better, there's a better life out there for all of us. That Absolutely. God has a plan for all of us. Hmm. That's awesome. All right, so you're in the military, the Marines, and you know, you've been serving us for a long time. And in that long time, man... <laughs> You've probably uh, done some pretty extreme things. What is the grossest thing you've ever eaten? Just Oh, my goodness. Balut, hands down. Balut? What is that? What is that? It doesn't sound good. I don't even, I don't know. Do we even want to know? It, hey, it sounds, it, I mean, it sounds like a balloon, and I, I don't want to eat a balloon, so. No, well. You might uh, want to eat a balloon over balut? <laughs> yeah, I'll eat a balloon over balut. Wow. Oh. You gotta describe, describe what that is. So we go on deployment to the Philippines and we train with the Philippine uh, army there. And it's like, it's a fun initiation there when you get there. And that's something that they eat on a day-to-day basis. So we have, you know, Philippine Marines uh, in the Marine Corps, that's uh, Filipino descent. Uh, and they're like, yeah, you gotta try it, you gotta try it. So I'm like, all right, bro, let's go, let's try it. So they wouldn't give out what it was until I had it in my hand. So he pulls it out of his bag, and I'm like, he gives me an egg, hard shell egg. I'm like, okay, there's a hard-boiled egg or something? Yeah, yeah, what is this? Yeah, right, seen this before. So I shook the egg, and you can hear, like, the yolk, but it was kind of heavy, like some weight was shifting in it. I was like, oh. uh, oh, what's in this? <laughs> so he's like, crack over the top. So he showed us how to open it, you know, and then you look inside, I still can't call to this day if it's a baby bird or duck. Oh, oh <laughs> you can oh still God. see you can see the veins and everything still oh. inside the egg. Oh, oh no! He was like, "Well, you got to drink it first. I was like, "What?" 
Oh. And he's going, by the way, he has three and he's going to town. I'm like, <laughs> well, this is like a delicacy for them. This is like, yeah, like an this oyster like, or like this, lobster or something. This is like a steak for Americans. <laughs> 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 so I'm sitting there trying to hold myself. I'm like, oh, I'm trying not to throw up. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, no. So everyone's around. It's like maybe 15 of us. I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't do it. So guys already start throwing up by then because they oh. smell it. And I'm looking inside and I can't hold myself. So I'm like, man, please don't throw up. <laughs> so I went to the <laughs> I went to the yolk. I got a little bit of a little bit of taste. And I'm like, okay. Oh. He's like, no, you gotta down it. I was like, all right, down it. Boom. So I'm gagging by then. So I'm spitting oh. and I'm gagging. Oh, got big. He's like, all right, best part. Take it in the mouth. So you put the egg in your mouth and you start chewing on the shell. The baby chewing oh. on the baby on the baby bird. Ducker oh, bird. Another bird. To this day, I don't know. I think it's a I think it's a chicken. Or yeah, that, that's that's uh, worse well, than what any. it tastes like. What it tastes like. I can't even describe it. To the this texture day, had to be horrible. Oh. Yeah, because you hear the bones crunching in your mouth. And, yeah. <laughs> And that that dude was just crushing three of them. Yeah, he was he was going it down. Dude, I, I Tori's in the other room as we're recording this podcast right now. Going, hey, is everything okay? Like, is everything all right? I keep hearing y'all make a bunch of noises. What's going on? I'm like, we're good. We're just recording this episode. I'll have to tell her after. Oh man, well that 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 was a good good answer to the last question. Yeah, it was good to experience it with my brother, but uh, it's something yeah. that I. That was a one time thing. Yeah, I can't do it again. Yeah, we'll keep the lid off the menu now. I've retired. I've retired on that one. <laughs> well, one and well, done. Man, yeah, well done. Well, Timmy, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you taking the time to record this Thanks, episode. Man. You know, we talked a lot about, you know, who you are as a person, your grandfather, uh, your journey in the Marines, transitioning, um, the current status with the, you know, the walks and the protest, what's going on in the world, um, and then ultimately coming to the beautiful question of the grossest thing you ate, which will probably be a pretty good clip to send out. Um, and people can Google. We'll have to figure out, like, exactly what, you know. You put that, that in the show notes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Put show Maybe notes. put that in the show notes. I can what... send you a video of one of my fellow uh, fellow Marines when he tried it. Oh, yeah, there we go. We'll get yeah, it. We'll, it took we'll him a while. We'll get a better insight, but we just want to thank you, man. Thank you for taking the time. You truly are an amazing human being, someone who uh, is a bright light and, you know, anywhere you go, but, you know, right now you're you're in Jacksonville with the organization um, who I was with last year. And, um, you know, you're one of the, you know, you're, you're making a change, you're making an impact and, you know, they're very fortunate to have you there. So um, my love to you and the fam. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. Um, Thank you and Chris. Definitely uh, enjoyed this. I'm going to do it again sometimes. Uh, um, and for everyone that's out there listening, um, you know, my I'll leave you one of my favorite Bible verses. It's uh, Proverbs 27:17. Iron sharpens iron, so one can sharpen another. If you'd love to interact with Nick and I, please reach out to our social medias. Our Instagram is at Mission of Truth. And our Twitter is at M of T underscore podcast. We'd love to hear from you guys and any thoughts or questions you guys have or comments. And thanks for tuning in.